KTRS. Antonio French joins us from the Post-Dispatch. Good morning, Antonio French. Hey, good morning. So uh, Bob Clark um, was uh, in rare form last week uh, lamenting the fact that the city of St. Louis said that they're not interested in him redeveloping uh, nine acres at Goodfellow and 170 that sat vacant for, best I can guess, 20-something years. He wanted to spend $30 million and put a training facility there. And the city said, no, we'd much rather have retail. Thank you anyway. Um, you've been in these uh, meetings. You've been watching this. What's the, What do you think of this one? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's hard to do business in St. Louis a lot of times. Um, and, you know, and sometimes, especially with the development agencies, they've got an idea. Um, and, and local aldermen, too. They've got an idea, maybe even a fantasy about, what they like to see uh, on these vacant lots. You know, one day we'd like to see high rises and, and we'd like to see, you know, a new shopping mall. But the economic reality of it is, you know, a lot of those areas just don't have the population or the economy to support that kind of stuff. And sometimes you got to, you know, take what comes, especially when it's from, you know, a reputable developer who's um, has the funds and the capability to make something happen on a plot of land that's been sitting there vacant forever. So, uh, you know, sometimes we shouldn't be turning down some of these offers, uh, trying to hold out for a better offer that's never going to come. It, it it seems to me that the city is just tone deaf. Here's a guy who wants to build on a, can only be described as an eyesore, build a concrete facility as well as a training facility in North County at 70 and Goodfellow, and the city says we'd rather have retail. In 2023, you'd rather have a bed, bath, and beyond than a than a training facility for good quality, high paying jobs. I mean, well, what they're actually saying is that they rather have nothing because that's what's on the table. Right. You know, bed, bath, and beyond not on the table. They're talking about fantasies, uh, and so you've got something that's real right there in your hand, or you're going to hold out another 25 years uh, and pray that one day this big giant development's going to come that you know, fits and, and checks your boxes, as they say. But that, that's just not reality. And, and they get to do that because there is no accountability. There, there's nobody that's held accountable or has to answer for, man, the city has just been accumulating land and accumulating land for, for decades with this LRA, and, you know, nothing has actually happened with it. Well, there's no consequence for nothing happening with it. And, and that's kind of the problem. We, the city has just become, you know, basically the largest landholder and slumlord in the city. The city of St. Louis is its own worst slumlord. But you would, but again, I, I just, and I think many of us who sort of came across this, this story was like, well, clearly there, there's a reason why the city doesn't want it. There's a reason why. And, and, and I kept telling people, no, they just didn't want that business. And it was such a disconnect. People truly don't understand why would the city turn this down when you have, as you say, a bird in the hand? Why would you turn it down? My point was, I and I said this, and you tell me if I'm crazy, 25 years ago, in 1999, I, I, I came to St. Louis on the day they shut down Highway 70, demanding better-paying jobs 
and training facilities to teach the next generation uh, great skills. 25 years later, the city doesn't want a training facility at Goodfellow and 170. Yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, and, and I'm glad that that this kind of a decision that usually happens in the dark has been made public. You know, and, and good on him being able to, you know, being willing to come out there and, and you know, share the details of, of uh, some of the city's comments and, and how they turned down these proposals. Because, you know, those folks' constituents need to know that, that there was, you know, five years from now, when that lot is still sitting there, people in that community should know there was a proposal to do something here, and this your own city uh, shut it down. So we're going to have this look at this vacant lot, you know, for another decade or so until I guess they finally give in and, and let somebody do something with it. Crazy. All right. With that being said, now you go from Goodfellow and 170 to Clayton High School wanting to buy the old brown shoe. And so much stink was made that now the city of, uh, or the, I should say the school board, has backed off buying brown shoe. What do you think of this story? Yeah, that was an interesting one in the, from the very beginning. It didn't make much sense uh, why they were buying the building. Uh, and it got so far into the process without them anybody having to really explain why they were going to you know, make this large purchase. Um you know, seemingly completely out of their area of, uh, you know, what, what, they're, what they get public money to do. So, uh, you know, when, when public scrutiny, you know, took its course, of course, it, they backed away, and, uh, and that's where we are now. But it, it didn't make much sense to me. Um, and, you know, that's just one of many governmental bodies lately that seem to have, where do they get all this extra money now that they just, like, are, are starting to do this speculative stuff? You know, like we saw Bi State uh, a few weeks ago, turning away a million dollars of advertising because they said it made their buses look ugly. And, yeah, I, I thought these uh, these governmental bodies were broke, and they're always asking for tax increases. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes they got some extra money just to buy some extra buildings to figure out later what they're going to do with it, I guess. But that, that's, that didn't, that didn't uh, fly with a lot of their constituents. I also think it's interesting that the people in Clayton, um, you know, rose up against the school board saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, we, we don't want this. Much more engaged in their community than, say, the people at, at 70 and Goodfellow. I don't know if that is, I, I don't know what that says, but the people in 170 and Goodfellow uh, don't feel like the government, they have a voice in City Hall. Whereas the people in Clayton, by golly, they want to make sure the, their voices were heard. Well, that remains to be seen, right? Um, the the Clayton deal got pretty far along until uh, until it was reported on by local media, and then when the public found out, they took action. Right. Uh, and so now the public is just finding out uh, about this uh, this deal at the seventy and Goodfellow uh, plot of land, and and we'll see. I'm sure it's a lot of constituents in that North City area who will now be calling up their aldermen and being like, yo, what, what are you guys doing? This place is nothing but been illegal dumping. It's an eyesore. It looks horrible. It lowers our property values. It's hard for us to, you know, even start doing anything else around here as long as we have this huge, big plot of vacant, gross land. Uh, so I, I think some pressure is going to be put on those local aldermen now that this this story is out, and, and the mayor's office and the city development office as well. Like, people need to answer for these decisions that happen in the dark too often. We'll wait and see what happens. Antonio French, great insight. As always, have yourself a good day. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Have a good one.